Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by Una, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Nicole Glenn. Nicole is the founder and CEO of Candor Expedite and a passionate supporter of women working in supply chain and logistics. In fact, she is part of the Ladies Leadership Coalition, a podcast for women in business by women business owners, and it's always fun to have other podcasters on the show. So hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you too, Kelly. I'm really excited to dive into what we have planned to chat on. It's very exciting. So I shared a couple of the things that you're up to in my intro, but what else do you think it's helpful or interesting for people to know about your professional journey to this point? Sure. I've been in logistics and transportation for the past 23 years. And in that journey, I've been able to explore so many different roles, um, operationally, sales, leadership, management, and to uh, jumping in to 2017, where I became a business owner myself and started a company called Candor Expedite, which is focused to make our customers the hero in their journey with their most sensitive shipments. So uh, we offer time sensitive pickups and deliveries as well as um, that white glove work. So love the transportation industry. It's it's the chaotic place where I have grown and, <laughs> and loved to be a part of it. If you can learn to love the chaos, right, it really does just change the way you approach everything because chaos is such a great word for this industry. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And I, I left it for 11 months and I went, this is boring. <laughs> I needed <laughs> I, that. You know, I know what my day is going to be like. I know who yeah. I'm going to talk to and what I'm going to be worried about. That is so right. funny. Yeah. So it, it shows me that now from joining this industry at the age of 18, uh, this is my home. Now, I'm also interested to learn more about the Ladies Leadership Coalition. Tell me a little bit about how that got started and, and really the core of what it's all about. Sure. In 2020, during the pandemic, I think we all saw that we were disconnected from the world and we all felt that we were in our own little bubbles and so for myself, as a business owner, I was trying to grow a company during a very challenging time for the world. Um, so I wanted to talk to other business owners. I wanted to hear different perspectives. But I also wanted to make sure that the remote people or the people who were trying to climb in their career had some way to do that, even though they weren't going into the work setting. And so I threw out uh, just a casual post going, hey, I'd really like to start this uh, podcast that would really be focused on women. And I had a lot of applications. Um, so I ended up interviewing probably 50 different women. And we had come together with the five other women that are still a part of this journey today um, to dive in and really help women understand what we go through as business owners, what we went through as employees. Um, and then just giving them best practices, you know, whether it's networking, if we had fi a financial 
uh, podcasts, and that was to tell women how to save, where to go, what to do. Um, and then we do these other types of sessions where we're talking about the industry, what's going on from our perspectives, and some great interviews, too, where we bring other supply chain women on to talk about their journeys and what they had to overcome. Um, being in the space for 23 years, when I rewind time, I would go think back to when I would walk into a conference and, you know, there'd be 800 people there and maybe nine, 10 women. Mm -hmm. Um, so that has changed. We do see an uptick. I do, uh, tremendously. So the industry has made a huge impact with women joining it. But again, just watching where women are today, I would just love to help even one person take that next step, ask that audacious question to get that raise, you know, understand that imposter syndrome is real and that many people go through it and just humanize uh, to women, what's going on in the workplace and, you know, help them take that next step to springboard into whatever's going to work best for them. Well, I give you a lot of credit because you mentioned, you know, we all are having literal flashbacks to 2020. And you talked about the fact that you're already trying to grow a business at that time. And even being in supply chain where there was so much demand, it's still, it was an incredibly difficult time to maintain, let alone grow anything. And so I can certainly relate to your thought, you know, I want to talk to other people going through this, but where I really give you credit is in not just saying, I need to talk to these other people because I think it will help us, but in instantly taking the additional step to say, and when we have these conversations, we need to do it with the community as a whole in mind. I think right. that sort of scalable impact is so incredibly important. Did you find that that community that shared desire to talk and share and figure things out, did it very naturally grow up because the challenges you were facing were so similar to that being faced by others? Or did you did you have any pushback from anybody, maybe not wanting to go as publicly with it? Uh, what was the dynamic around creating that community? No, we had no pushback. And I didn't even know how far it had gone organically because it's not sponsored content it's not anything that um you know we're really putting funds behind um so i did go to a we the webank conference which i'm a certified webank uh company and i walked in and we're doing this networking table round session and there's all of these companies there like large companies trying to talk to other women that are you know running companies and we're sitting at the table with a, a prospect and there's a lady sitting across from me that I didn't know. And she's just like me, you know, running a business. And she's like, are you Nicole Glenn? And I'm like shocked because here we are trying to get business, <laughs> you know, and she didn't even talk to the person that could give her business. She was just elated to talk to me. And she told me about her journey that she had and how LLC helped her take the next steps and what she was doing. So there's been no pushback. It's just organically grown. I have people reach out to me now going, hey, can you guys talk about this? Or I've been going through this. And so we then have tailored some of the show topics around what the audience has asked for. So the dynamic of it is really just an organic spot where we go, hey, what were some of the things that, you know, we went through or that we're seeing that we can talk through? And it's been very accepted. And even 
adding guests to the show. You know, people are so willing to open up and be vulnerable and not only just sugarcoat, you know, cause life and business is not all sunshine and rainbows. Oh no. Um, so to have that true dynamic of struggle and talking through that, I think is where really where it's been the most impactful for people. Um, so no, it's, it's been a great journey and the other women that are a part of it, we've actually become very, very good friends, uh, from it as well. We, we had a happy hour last night via teams cause we're <laughs> all over the country. We planned a trip, you know, to go, um, to, to go and relax with each other. And it's another thing that's been great is we've been invited to different conferences, um, to really come together as LLC and talk as a panel in front of other women. So yeah, it's, it's just been truly organic and truly wonderful. Well, I love the fact that you said you've heard back from the listening community. And I'd actually be interested to hear more from you either about those topics where you have specific requests, you know, could you address this or could you bring on a guest to talk about that? Or from your perspective, based on how different episodes and conversations are received, what do you think the topics that women need covered, what are the messages that you think need to be either heard for the first time or simply need to be reinforced over and over? Because generally speaking, people sort of struggle to, yes, I, I hear the idea and I understand the logic of that, but how do I then implement it in my my life and work? What are some of those really popular themes and topics? The biggest ones I'd have to say are networking and putting yourself out there. Um, a lot of people are very comfortable to go onto a social platform and like a post or see a person. And so what we're encouraging people to do and have been now mentoring some of these women is how to get involved, you know, how to not only just kind of be in the background, but be comfortable enough to have a voice. Um, and that, that has really transitioned some of our listeners. And again, that mentoring concept that I said, I think it's a, a challenging place for people when they're in that spot where they go, I would love to talk to somebody. I had this too back in the day. John C. Maxwell was my mentor, and he's just a, a figure, a author, and a speaker. I didn't know how to really go out and find a mentor. I didn't know how to approach that comfortably. I didn't know if it was, you know, seeing someone and being like, "Hi, I'm Nicole. Would you mentor me?" Um, so I didn't know how to take that awkwardness out of yeah. it, you know. Um, so one of the things that we really hone in on is that mentorship space finding that community for yourself, male or female, um, and then really understanding if you are in a place of power in a, in a corporation, what you can do to the other people that are underneath you on your team to sponsor those folks and give that, you know, the words of how they're working so hard in those closed, closed door meetings so they can really take those next steps and be considered for new spots within their career. Um, so again, I'd say mentoring, networking, putting yourself out there. And, and the topic that I love most, and I've been able to, to actually have uh, speaking sessions on is just being, being a little outrageous, you know, asking for, for the big, big things that you want and not being so afraid to, to take those leaps on asking audaciously and coaching people on how to actually approach that and really open your mind to just going, I would really like to have that. I'm going to ask for that. 
Um, and so some of the other women, like we have Sharon Sire, who's been on, she's been in the industry for over 30 years. Um, and she really talks about, you know, coming together as a community and different generations and how to overcome maybe even those um, biases that get attached to different generations in our industry. And so mm -hmm. Christy Knitchell is always talking about, and she's a leader of a intermodal company, again, is having that ability to put yourself out there. So all of us have different dynamics. There's Blythe Brumlove and she's, her background's marketing. So she's always inter educating people on different tools that will help them uh, put themselves out there and, and make the, the marketing part of their life easier. So we have this really um, dynamic group of women who have all different mindsets and all different journeys. And so we kind of each share those little pieces of the pie that ultimately make up this industry. Well, one of the things that I was glad to hear is that you mentioned seeing the difference between going to a, a conference or a networking event, and maybe there were a handful of women. And now some number of years later, seeing a visually noticeable difference in the breakdown between men and women at, at these events. What sorts of changes, just generally speaking, have you seen in workplace inclusiveness, whether it's actual practices or whether it's mindset, bias, conversation, what are some of the changes that you've seen maybe since you started LLC? Well, I only see my spot, right? So, and I can't touch the entire industry. I don't go to every conference, you know, I don't, I don't talk to every person, but I know what I'm doing is building my community and my company to have that forward mindset. Um, so that's all I can really do is show others how positive that can be. You know, so we focus at, at the company I own, Candor, to really be um, diverse uh, every walk of life. You know, we have it open. And so I think it's just living in those practices on a day-to-day um, that make the impact within our organization that hopefully those men, women that are here um, take those next steps. And then obviously being vocal about it in the industry as much as I can with my little soapbox, you know, reaching as many people as I can. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that I, I think we have to continually talk about. I don't know when it will officially end. Uh, but I think it's so ingrained in how society has worked for so long that I think it's going to take just a massive push, a constant conversation, and just really opening people's eyes to the fact that this exists. You know, looking that, looking at the fact that, and I'm remembering this stat, so I can't really say if it's 100% sure. true uh, at this moment, but. I think I read something along the lines of 36% women in logistics hold management leadership roles. Um, and so it's, it's taking note of that. And then hopefully other owners are listening to these types of stats and reading these things and just being more open minded to women, men. I mean, any, any walk of life um, to have that openness to, to welcome them into those types of roles and build programs that help people do those things. And so we do that at my company. We focus on everybody taking those next steps with learning and, and just opening the window, 
for women, opening the window to our folks that are part of the LGBTQ plus community at our company um, to just to have those opportunities. So if I'm a little grain of salt, uh, hopefully they, they get wet and they start clumping <laughs> and it just starts spreading. And again, I know it's going to take a ton of work for us as humans to overcome this. Yeah. Well, and and I actually think this will be a, a fun direction to take it in because you've talked about being audacious a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm actually going to give you the floor to be audacious, but here's what I would like to know. And there are no boundaries here. You can be as audacious as you want to be. You talked about the fact that it's going to take some time and acknowledge the fact that the journey may never end around inclusion in, in different types of corporate settings. But if you could be as audacious as you wanted and ask for anything, what would it be that you would want to see happen? What milestone would you like to achieve? If you could ask for absolutely anything and I could somehow give it to you in this moment, what is it that you would be audacious and ask for? That is a great question, Kelly, because my mind just it totally expanded open. Um, it would really be to sit in the room with some of these folks. And again, you don't know who they are. They are just amongst us. And so I'm going to tell you a little snippet of a story. Um, we were interviewing here for a COO. Um, we started last November and I have a right hand in our recruiting section. Her name is Alana Long. She's fantastic. She came into my office and she was like, just staring at me. And I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, I just had an interview with a man that was basically claiming he was looking for a new role because of the company that he was a part of was just, you know, allowing types of things happen with women and this and that. And so she had to remind him that he was applying to be the right hand COO to a female leader. Mm. And so he was saying to her that she was in a great role. She was where she should be being an HR Um, and she was appalled. She ended the interview very quickly. And so I guess my whole thing of being audacious with that is I would love to be able to get into the minds of these folks that really have that closed concept and be able to have a conversation with them to show them the impact that they actually make in this community in a negative way. Mm. Um, And then show them the success stories that are out there on just people in general that maybe are held down for whatever reason. It could be the way they look. It could be their weight. It could be their skin color. It could be so many different things, right? And so it's just opening up that mindset to show and have them hear the stories of people that have actually overcome those types of things and how we're all able to come together and make something of value regardless of all of those dynamics in our lives. So that would be it. It's just so hard to know who's walking amongst us that has that closed-minded concepts, you know? Um, Well, and what a powerful thing to ask for. You're clearly not new at being audacious because you could have said, oh, I just want, you know, everybody to love everybody or I just want everybody to be nice, right? But I love the fact that you go right for root cause Like, I cannot understand why this person would not only think or feel this way, but think or feel it with such resolution that they're willing to speak it out loud in a job interview. I mean, I guess in 
in some ways, thank goodness. Because right? if you, yeah, if, how do you know if somebody holds this belief and then you're going to go through all of the effort to onboard this person and then you find out, you know, you don't really like working for a woman, do you? Right. And now you have a problem on your hands. So thank goodness this person was honest and you were able to sort of nip the situation in the bud. Um, but I do agree with you that if we want to make meaningful progress around this, we we need to try to not just approach the situation to like, you know, isolate or alienate people who feel differently, but to understand, okay, and why why do you think that? Like do, maybe maybe he worked for somebody in the past and she just happened to be an unpleasant human being and he got the idea that and so therefore all women are unpleasant to work for. Um, but I, I give you a lot of credit for not going for the sort of like sunshines and rainbows solution, but instead to acknowledge this is going to be a hard slog. As long as human beings are involved, which hopefully will be for a long time, it's always going to be messy. It's always going to be challenging. Um, but I, I think it's important to be willing to get inside that thought process and walk around and not necessarily take any souvenirs home, but um, but right. to understand where it comes from for what that can then teach us about what other work we need to do. Yeah. And again, like I said, it just takes constant, you know, awareness that it happens. And I've had employees come here and they'll tell me things on, you know, one of our uh, leaders here, she was saying that she had been in accounting at this one company for 10 years and it, the whole department was women. And women were not outside of the accounting department in this pretty big company. Uh, and so someone in her group had decided that they wanted to go into uh, a procurement project management type of role. And so she, this lady had asked for that and they had said to her, we don't have women in project management roles. It's just too tough. Now here's the part, the fact that, that entire department stayed still and continued to, to be in that accounting department um, is, is the part where women have to realize like you, you can, you have to also interview the right company. And I think, and I hope this is changing, but yeah. we go into job interviews and we want to like put our best selves out there so that way we get selected. And I think that's why we have so many people silently quitting their jobs is because in their interview, they're not making sure that, do I understand the why of this company? Do I understand yeah. what my leadership is like? Do I understand and believe in, you know, the, the people that are supporting this company? And I think we have to change that mindset of people interviewing because we do spend so much time at work. We, we do look at, at that as our social interaction and, and it creates so much of an impact on our life that we have to think about that when we're interviewing instead of pick me. It should be, yeah. hey, pick me because I see that I want to pick you. Um, and, and I think more and more as even social media is out there explaining to people how to interview and what to ask themselves, um, I hope that that makes an impact because if you're walking into a company that has that closed mindset, 
you have to look elsewhere. You know, don't just don't just hang out and wait. Yeah. It's not going to change. Um, and that's where I've been fortunate. I've never worked at a company, and I I I hope I want to say that I wouldn't have tolerated it, uh, but I can't honestly say that because I never had that. But I always made sure that where I was going, you know, I I understood the why and and uh, what the leadership was like before I could even be open to the idea of working there. And so I encourage people to to do that as well. Well, Nicole, as we start to wind our time down, I, I want to put you through an exercise we do with every guest the first time they come here on the Sourcing Hero podcast. I'm going to give you a pair of questions. You can answer whichever one you like, and you can be audacious, and there are no mm. wrong answers. So your choices are either what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? Or if you want to go a little bit broader, how would you define heroism in a business context? Ooh, I like the second one, of course. Um, Heroism in a business context is pretty much everything that we just summed up is being open-minded, helping people on their journeys, mentoring, and then really crafting solutions around whatever either your customer is going through, uh, the companies that you're working with as vendors are going through, and trying to have that consultative approach with any form of a problem to lift it and to create change within that scope. Well, if people have listened in today and they either would like to learn more about Candor Expedite or they would learn like to learn more about the Ladies Leadership Coalition, where would you recommend that they go to learn more about either of those organizations or to connect with you? Sure. So I am all over LinkedIn. You can look me up. It's just Nicole one of Candor Expedite. We have a website on the company and it's just candorexp.com. Ladies Leadership does stream on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Um, it's also, you can you can see us live in action on our panels uh, on YouTube, just looking up Ladies Leadership Coalition. And then we are also on LinkedIn as well, posting all those episodes. So, Nicole, thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero Podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.